I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. We would always coach, if you look at a 12-month span when you join the gym, and for anyone joining, I think it's silly to sell a month-by-month membership to anyone. I think you're setting them up for failure. You know, the average person, let's say someone's got 50 pounds to lose. Well, a healthy weight loss is a pound a week. So that's a 50-week goal that you can call that a year, right? 52 weeks in a year. I think it's irresponsible to sell them a month-by-month. You're saying, like, just dip your toe in and see how it feels, but that's not how success happens. Hey, welcome once again to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. On today's episode, we interview Kyle Henney about the importance of continuous learning, the habit of reading educational books, and the concept of eating the frog. It's basically tackling challenges early on in the day. And by the way, we also touch on the advice we would give to our younger selves, particularly regarding relationships and personal growth. Kyle will also share how to make big changes in your life and business with small decisions every day. Kyle has over a decade of experience in the fitness industry and has successfully owned and operated several gyms. And he's now taken all that knowledge from the fitness world and brought it on and applied it to growing the gyms for other people. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. As we dive into Kyle's episode, listen how he started his journey. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming and checking us out over here at the Gym Owners Growth Zone. It is a great honor to have Kyle Henning here. Kyle, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time to be able to share your story and probably some good nuggets of wisdom that that you have as owning a gym. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. I'm so excited. You know, we were chatting before you started this and you and I could talk for hours. And I'm honored to uh, to just get to chat with you. This is, uh, it's like chatting with a with a buddy and I'm looking forward to this. Dude, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And yeah, I, this is why I have the show. It's because the conversations I had with gym owners, it's, it's valuable. And like, I just had lunch with one this, this afternoon and I'm like, man, I wish I was recording. I mean, I gotta get you on the podcast. And he's like, oh, I don't have anything of value. I'm like, no, dude, you have something of value. You just not appreciating your story. And so thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Awesome. So I like to start off with just... The origin story, you know, as, as a superhero that you are, you know, you have a start and how you got to where you are right now. And so please tell us a little bit about, about who you are and, and how you got here. Yeah. So crazy journey that I've had. I feel like my life is a, a prime example of like, tell God your plans and he'll laugh, right? 
I had plans and I feel like my plans never really work out, but then they do work out in the end. And so my story starts with probably the biggest impact day of my life. When I was 18 years old, I swung off a swing and slipped and broke my back and was forced to grow up in a very short period of time. I broke my back and lost the use of my legs and have been in a wheelchair ever since. And so uh, kind of the plans I had prior to that had to change, right? And, and you're right now, you're about to reach 40, yeah, correct? Yeah, I'm 30. Yeah. So that's that's 20 plus years. And regardless of that, you've accomplished some, some good things in, in life. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's just like, just a perspective on like, you know, what are you dealing with, right? You know, what have you gone through life? And everyone has a story. And again, we sometimes we don't appreciate it, but please, I, I'm going to let you talk some more. But it's just, I think it's very impactful that, you know, you're in a wheelchair and you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. So thanks for sharing that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's crazy. I have now been in a wheelchair longer than I wasn't. And uh, the first 18 years of your life, it seems like a long time, right? And when you're in high school, I look back now and laugh at what I thought were struggles, right? Because life is easy for most of us until we turn 18. We really have to be an adult and pay bills and make life decisions. And so, yeah, it, it's been a journey for sure. And and like I said, all my all my plans leading up to that kind of got squashed in a moment. And, and that's okay, right? Like life is all about how you react to things. And, and I'm a firm believer that everyone has a choice. You can be a victim or a victor. And I've just been super blessed that... I choose to be a victor and, and not a victim. And so I went through, I got hurt, right? And that sucked. I'm not trying to pretend that it was all rainbows and butterflies. It was tough. And, but I was surrounded by good friends and good family and, and my faith. God was by my side the whole time. And, and that I would be lying if, if I didn't admit that he gave me a lot of comfort. And while I was in the hospital, I gotta be honest, I was frustrated with some of the physicians. I felt like they were short with me and, and they lacked bedside manner or just that EQ, right? The emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. They were super smart, but they didn't take time to explain things. And I thought, man, I'm going to go to medical school and I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to take time with people and I'm going to teach them. I'm going to explain things. And so I enrolled in school and went to college for a pre-med degree. And one day while I was in school... I went to work out at a college fitness center and the football coach came in and said, everyone's got to leave. Everyone's got to get out of here. My football team's coming in. And I remember being, I felt several emotions. One was I was a little upset, right? I was like, hey, I pay an athletic fee to use this gym just like everyone else. There was no note on the door that said that we couldn't be here. And, and so I was frustrated enough and I was just into my workout and I wanted to finish it. So I remember I, I got in my truck and like you're not supposed to. While I was driving, I googled fitness clubs near me. And there were two. It's a great story because I, I called Anytime Fitness. And looking back on what we coach people on, right? We're not supposed to give the price over the phone. We're supposed to get them to come in and create value, right? Like you can't create much value over the phone. And, and uh, this poor girl, her name was Jillian. I'll never forget. I was like, how much does it cost? And she's like, oh, you, well, you know, you should come in. And I was like, listen, the YMCA is a mile past you. You tell me what the price is or I'm driving right by and I'm stopping at the YMCA. I'm not getting out of my car Ooh. twice. Wow. And, what do you do with yeah, that? <laughs> and looking back on it, I was like, ah, oh, it was so rude. It made it so hard on her. And, and she did what she should have done, right? She was like, hey, here's the price. And I was like, that's super fair. I'll stop and check it out. And I remember I signed up 
And while I was signing up, I saw on their like uh, pegboard behind the desk, I saw a help wanted sign um, that they were going to hire. And it was something I'd been struggling with ever since I got hurt, just struggling with what can I do now? What could I be good at or great at? Prior to my injury, I was just good and great at athletics and sports and uh, being active, right? I never really thought about what I was good at outside of physical ability type strengths. And so I thought, you know what? Like, what does this job entail? And she said, well, you, you make phone calls. You meet with people when they come in. You create value in the gym. You listen to their needs and, and what their goals are. And I thought, man, I, I can. that doesn't involve walking at all, right? And uh, I was like, I can do that. And so nice. I started part-time. And it's so funny to look back and like all the tech. I didn't even know this about your story. Yeah. I didn't know that you were worked at Anytime Fitness. Man, yeah. man, that's awesome, dude. Like, like that's the, uh, if that doesn't inspire anybody out there that is aspiring to become a gym owner. And you're like, oh, I don't have what it takes. Please listen to Kyle's story. You guys don't have to start in the boardroom to... You got you, you guys. Oh, dude, I love it. I love it, man. Keep feeding us. This is great. Yeah, and I would encourage if you really want to own a gym, you're almost silly not to work at one first because it's just gonna it's gonna cost you less money in the long run. You can make mistakes um, that cost someone else, right? So I started working there. I would work from four to eight p.m. And back then, we, we didn't have a CRM. We worked off spreadsheets, and then we had stacks right. of these. Uh, lead gem forms from lead boxes. Papers, yeah. yeah. Papers. And so I would just go through a stack and I would make like a little hash mark when I called, right? And then I put it on the bottom. And I would call person after person after person telling them they, they won a free seven-day trial. And it was like, you just had to, to do it. You couldn't think about like that you're cold calling people essentially, right? And you're calling them for this crappy pre-trial that they probably don't want. But it worked. And I remember, I won't say who I worked for, but one night I was really excited. I had signed up like six people in an evening, which was wow. rare. And I called the owner and I said, I signed up six people tonight. And I'll never forget it. This is like the turning point. He was like, that's great. You should do that every night. Now, is there anything else or can I get back to my family? And he wasn't appreciative. He was, he was just rude. And honestly, in that moment, it clicked. If this guy can do it, if he can own fitness clubs acting like that, I know I can do it, right? right. I know I can. It was just like a, I right. had all the confidence in the world. And now looking back, like I was just a, a, a dumb like 23-year-old. I didn't know anything. I knew how to sell memberships and I knew how to treat people right. And honestly, the rest of it, you can figure out. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started.
I love this story because you started with like becoming one and become a doctor to help people with the better bedside manners. And here you got this gym owner with a horrible bedside manner. I don't care. Bedside manner, it could be applied to any industry. You could be a cop and have horrible bedside manner. Well, it wouldn't that be bedside, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like that the importance of, of having the right heart and be able to express yourself with a gratitude, you know, for the people that work with you and, and for you. It's, it's a big deal. And the people you're serving, not just like more, very important, the people you're serving, like grateful for your opportunity to serve you. Like, thank you, you know, and coming that approach. You, you have that and you saw that this guy it has this without that. Come on, let's go. I can do better. And I think that's, that's I love that. Thank you for that's just a aha moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about how you, how you treat people. Reputation is everything. Right. And so, so I knew then I was like, okay, I can continue on to medical school if I even get accepted, right? That's a what if. I'll fully I'll humble myself and say uh, there were so many smarter students in college than me. I feel like I had to, to work so hard to get the good grades that were, were necessary to even attempt to apply to medical school, right? And I, I honestly, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I had one roommate who was uh, an art education major. And another one who was getting his master's in, in Spanish. And those guys were, uh, and then to another roommate who was in chemistry and biology like me and seeing those guys getting to go out and have fun all the time. And I'm like, oh, I should probably study or I am studying. I just didn't have that much fun in school. And so this provided me a potential outlet where I could still really help people. And looking back on it now, right? Like what do unfortunately a lot of, of medical providers are, are writing prescriptions that don't really fix the problem, right? They just put a mask over it. Mm. And fitness and wellness actually is, is really trying to help people fix it. And I, I don't even know if I put that together at 23 years of age. I, I certainly yeah. understand it now. But I thought, hey, buying a gym isn't going to be easy. But medical school is not easy, right? Buying a gym, I might not make that much money right away. But you don't make any money in medical school, right? And then what happens after medical school? You go to residency and you get paid like Skittles. And you work 80 hours a week. And I thought, well, that's probably what it's going to be like with a gym. So to me, it, it seemed like going down almost a similar path, right? Now the issue was I didn't have any money. If you want to buy a gym or start one, I can tell you like, no, one thing is work at a gym. Number two, save every penny you make and live with your parents. Because the barrier to entry to fitness and owning a fitness club really is you do have to have some cash down typically, right? And a guy by the name of Eric Keller, and I will say his name because uh, I love this story. He came to visit the gym I worked at, and Eric was the first franchisee of Anytime Fitness. And very first franchisee, I think he got up to six or seven locations, and then he started working for Anytime Fitness Corporate. He had visited and he said, man, you should really do this. You should buy a gym. And I said, I'd love to, but I, I, don't, have, I don't have any money, right? And he's like, well, I'll figure something out. And so I don't know how long, a couple months later, Eric called and he said, I've got one for you. It's a failing location. He's like, I've talked to the landlord. I've talked, you know, like there's a way you can make this work with no money down because you're just going to take it over. And I remember it was my senior year of college and I had just started my second semester. And I was like, but Eric, man, I would have to quit school to make this work. And I'll never, it was the best advice anyone's ever given me. He's like, man, F school. He was like, quit. If you screw this up, you can go back to school. And I was like, right. You're so smart. Like, you're right. And, and, and then I told my parents and they, they did not agree. 
Right. So literally, I, I let my, my mom specifically, I was going to be the first boy to graduate from college. She was telling everyone, I'm going to go to medical school. And I went from going to medical school to quitting college, right? To open or to take over a failing business. And wow. But my attitude really was like, I'm probably going to screw this up. I don't know what I don't know, but I have nothing to lose. I have no money, right? What are they going to take from me? A little bit of pride? Well, I can get that back if I go back to school. So I quit school. I moved a couple hours to a bigger city where I know no one. I take over this gym. And I don't know. This is when I realized I know nothing, right? But I do know how to treat people with respect. I know how to build relationships. And I know how to sell memberships. And, and it turns out those are the three things that I, I did need. I would say, where I'm probably jumping the gun here, Andres, but one thing that I struggled with, and I think it was a little bit to do with, with me, you know, I was still new to being in a wheelchair. I was a little self-conscious. Mm-hmm. I felt comfortable in the gym, in my office, but I didn't feel that comfortable out in the community. And so my oh, first couple yeah. years, I just hung out in the gym and focused on that. And it grew. It grew a little bit every month. But it wasn't really until I got out in the community. I overcame the fear of, of just throwing myself out there and meeting people. When I got out and met all the other business owners and joined the Rotary Club and joined BNI right. and and all these things and started networking, that's when the gym really started to blow up for me. So when did you buy the gym? How old were you? It was 2007. I believe I was 23 years old. 23. Bought the gyms at 23. I love that. And then... You had how many gyms did you? So I bought that first one. Six months after yeah. that, the owner I had worked for in college called me and yeah. he said, Hey, I'm thinking about selling. And I was like, Boom, I know everything about that gym. I know what he does right. I know what he does wrong. I way overpaid for it because I was an idiot and didn't know how to, how to evaluate. It was an emotional purchase. I mean, all day long. Like, let me go back to the neighborhood where I grew up at. And let me make it like this house look like a mansion. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> so I bought that one. Fast forward a little bit. I, I got up to four locations at that point. And then, um, and then the story changes a little bit. And, and I kind of pivoted into marketing for fitness clubs, right? And we, we can jump into that too. But that's the story of, of how this all started and, and how, um, how I ended up in this industry and how I got to today. I love it. And we've had one of your partners from this marketing company, Keep Booked, that you guys are running, Jeff O'Mara, which also owns a couple of locations, which is like phenomenal, right? You you know the gym industry, you've seen the owner struggle, and and so you have this marketing. You could talk a little bit about it. I don't yeah. this is like a platform where, where listen, there's people that are gonna connect with what you're saying, the struggles that you've accomplished, and what are the strategies that you've been able to overcome. So you want to do a little bit yeah. about it? You can talk, talk a little bit about it. And then, we'll, and then during the story, I think we'll have a, a more time to unpack what we, you know, what you guys can do. Yeah. So really the marketing story starts probably five years prior. I was at a conference and I, I heard Jeff uh, Omar speak. And I think he was talking about selling supplements in the gym or something. And uh, I chased him in the hallway after it. And I was like, hey, hey, you. And I was like, tell me about these vitamins. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And uh, that's when I met him. And we just instantly bonded. You know, Jeff is, uh, he just turned 60 and, and I'm 39. So it's, it's kind of an unconventional friendship, but I, I can honestly say he's one of my best friends. And we started collaborating 
just about fitness. We, we were like-minded and had the, a similar sense of humor, which I believe is important. You and I have a, a similar sense of humor. That's why we connect so well. And, and Jeff is, uh, he's someone, you know, I love the saying, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, right? Yeah. And if I'm even remotely the average of Jeff O'Mara, man, I, I've made it. And so uh, I, I learned really early on, he was a go-getter. He was a networker. Jeff wasn't scared to fail, wasn't scared to try things, right? And so I just leached onto him. Like, I'm not wearing it, but I have my What Would Jeff O'Mara Do wrist, you know, wristband. And um, did he give him away at his birthday party or something? He, sh- he should have. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we just became friends and started traveling a lot too, a little bit for work and a lot of it for fun. I've literally traveled the world with him and I'll never forget it. Like I give Jeff the credit, but him and I were kind of cycling through different marketing companies and uh, we were unhappy. A lot of them didn't understand the fitness business. A lot of them, uh, I I just felt like they were, they were frankly overcharging. And uh, Jeff called me one day and he said, Hey, are you happy with who you're using for marketing? And I was like, no. And he's like, have you ever been happy? I said, no. He goes, let's start a marketing company. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I was like, what do we know about marketing? And he's like, nothing. He's like, we can hire people that know about marketing. He's like, we know yeah. people and we know how to treat them right. And we know what... You know the problem. So I need this solved. Can we solve it? Give me solutions. All right. Yep. Try this. Try that. Try this. And then you guys just become like the test dummies. Yes. Right? Like it almost sounded like a dumb and dumber. Very scene. much so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the test dummies, dumb and dumber. Like, man, you're one <laughs> pathetic loser. No offense. <laughs> like, None taken. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> That's honestly I like what it. it was like. And, and he was right. We knew what we needed. We didn't know how to do it. Yeah. But we, we went out and we hired. Our first hire was a gal named Brianne Gorbett. And she's brilliant. And, and she's now one of our, our partners. And uh, yep. Brianne came on board and had a ton of experience and knew knew what we needed to do. And then we hired Erica, who works with us. She's been with us since the beginning. I think you've met both of them. And you're actually yeah. going to be with them in a few weeks in, yeah. in Salt Lake City. And so we just hired the right people that had the right experience. And the rest is history. Like uh, we, We've just been growing and scaling ever since. I love that, dude. That's it. That's a wrap. That's it. Done. Like, you know, I could ask you a whole bunch of questions, but you've already answered a lot of them you, through your story. And I love how we un- unpacked it. But yeah, I mean, now you... You still have one club. Yeah. So you have, I sold, uh, yeah. I sold the clubs off. By the way, that's a great story. If you could tell us a little bit, like, how does somebody sell a club? Like, where did you go? How did that happen for you? Yes. What was the good so, stuff and bad parts about it? That'd be great to hear. Um, the bad part is taxes. No one talks about that, right? Like, you know, there are industries where you can sell a business for eight or 10x uh, multiple, right? And then taxes probably sting a little bit less. But uh, in the fitness business, uh, you know, we're selling for a three to six X and, and really realistically like a three to four. And so, you know, like let's say you get a four multiple on net income and, and, and so that's four years of profits, but almost two of those years are going to go to taxes. And uh, it's not like real estate. There is no 1031 tax exchange uh, in fitness. There's really no way around it. So the negative of selling... For those of you who are looking at selling is the tax burden you're going to take on from selling. I learned that the hard way. The first one I sold, I was like, I'm rich. Yes. I literally like I, I, I remember I paid student loans off. I paid, yeah. uh, I, I, like, I bought a new truck. I like did all this stuff and my accountant's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you owe like a couple hundred <laughs> grand in tax, you doorknob. 
And so now you got to sell another one yeah. <laughs> to pay for the taxes for the first one. <laughs> and so that's the negative part. Right. The positive is like uh, the money you do make, right? right. Assuming. Well, but before, before you go into the positive, is there a strategy that you uncovered to help, you know, gym owners, they're selling, you know, is there something that you can share with that? So I don't know. I'm going to speak uh, full disclosure, like check with your CPA, like announcement. The only strategy I've seen, and I, I know a lot of people have sold and a lot of people are using really smart CPAs, right? We have a friend who, uh, if you can plan it in the same calendar year, the rough story of what they have done, and they've, they've done it a few times now, they sell a gym in January, right in the beginning of the mm-hmm. year intentionally. They already had plans to build an Airbnb home. Okay. You build, not buy. And uh, as long as you can oh. sell your gym, build an Airbnb home in the same calendar year. And then I think you have to have like one month of rentals in that same year. You can take an accelerated depreciation on the building materials for that home. Okay. And so if you can strategize and line that up, right? It's not like a loophole. It just is what it is. You're you're selling a business and taking on a big tax burden. You're building a home for business purposes to rent out and you're able to accelerate the depreciation on the building materials and offset some of the taxes that you're going to owe that year. And so obviously that takes a lot of strategy, but I love it. You're going from fitness, which is a really active income to uh, an Airbnb, which is a much more passive income. And you know, you talk to fitness owners all day long. Every fitness owner I, I respect is trying to get some passive income in their lifestyle, right? Sure. Because this is not, uh, I had a member text me at 12.19 in the morning. So yeah. last night at 12.19, wondering when we're going to get bigger t-shirts. And he, uh, he sees members with t-shirts, wondering when we're going to get bigger t-shirts. Like that's the stuff that gets, gets old about <laughs> Fitness Club, right? And so, yeah. so yeah, that's the only strategy I've seen. I have several friends that have, have sold their clubs and, you know, just literally paid millions of dollars in tax and just had to eat it. And the... You only pay tax when you make money, right? So uh, I'm an optimist and uh, I, I believe that uh, sometimes it's not the end of the world when you do have to pay a little bit of tax. But that's the negative. The positive is you should do something positive with that money, right? As a true entrepreneur, you don't sell it and go buy a boat, right? You, right. Uh, for example, uh, we sold off our last two and we're able to, even after taxes, purchase uh, another club for cash, right? So... Um, now, so you could uh, sell a few and, and buy one and, and have no debt and be instantly profitable, right? And so right. Uh, sounds good. We, we went good. down to one. I felt like as a, an owner of a marketing company for fitness clubs, it's responsible of me to own a club. It's responsible of me to test and pilot things in my club. It's responsible for me to be up to date with what's going on in the industry, right? And so uh, as long as I own a marketing company, I, I believe uh, it's responsible of me to, to still own and, and be involved. Plus, I can't say this about every brand, but Anytime Fitness really is a family. And uh, it's scary to think about getting out and selling out of that family. These people are like brothers and sisters to me. And I, I love them. And I know they love me. And I don't want to be away from them. You know, one thing that, that comes to mind... When we think about Anytime Fitness, it's one of the largest, most locations in the U.S. I'm not sure about the world, but for sure in the U.S. And I think it gets confused with, let's, let me say it, Planet Fitness, right? You know, and so what would you say to somebody, now we're talking about Anytime Fitness here, 
is how would you compare? Would you consider Anytime Fitness like a big box gym? No. Okay. So I'm just giving you like a little platform here. So just talk about it because there's people thinking, I, I want to get a, a, a gym. You know, should I get a franchise or should I do my own thing? Right. And so yeah. if you could just speak a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. Well, like I just said, uh, I can't speak for every yeah. franchise, but I can tell you that Anytime Fitness, if you're, you're kind to people and, and, you know, you treat people right, you really do gain a family. I have traveled the yeah. world with Anytime Fitness owners. And uh, I mean, I just spent the last 10 days, uh, as you know, in the Smoky Mountains, in the cabins with business partners that are involved in Anytime and then with Anytime Corporate. And so uh, it's truly a family. The level of like the trust there to share ideas and share failures and share with each other, that's what you're getting in a franchise. With Anytime specifically, what I love is that it's all about the experience at Anytime Fitness, right? Planet Fitness, like I, I'm not, I don't want to speak poorly of any competitor. Sure. But uh, they have a different model than we have, right? 100%. And uh, Anytime. They make money, man. Yeah. We, can't, we can't disguise that. We can't put it on the, rub it on the rug. They make money they and, and they have an audience and they, they serve that audience. Yeah. And they have a price That's point, it. right? And so do we. And, and I think that we're in a good kind of middle range there. Where it's it's not just fitness, it's coaching. And we like to say everyone at Anytime Fitness gets a coach. And that's in the form of uh, you know, a personal trainer, the workouts via our mobile app, or honestly, just our, our club manager is is trying to help people and motivate people all the time. We're calling as many members as we can every month, just trying to get them to come in and use the club. I think mm-hmm. other brands out there are happy with people signing up and not using the club, right? It's less wear and tear. But with us, like right. I-, I gotta tell you. If you don't get sick of selling memberships as a club owner in a very short period of time, this probably isn't the right industry for you. I got sick of selling memberships, but I'll never get sick of trying to help people accomplish their goals, right? Gotcha. So like right. my goal is not to sell memberships. It's, it's to, to help people accomplish their goal. And I can honestly say for most of the Anytime Fitness owners that I know and I, I see on a regular basis, that's their goal as well. And, and they really, really... It's a passion of theirs, right? Help people. Yeah. And change lives for the better. And then, like I said, any, this could be a very lonely industry doing it on your own. Sure. If you just open and, up. And so, by the way, not just this industry, but also business ownership can be lonely. Yeah. Right? We've talked about this before. And it's just, you think you're at it, you're alone and, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to decide. I got to figure this out. And you're not. Right? And you talked about coaching, but uh, every business needs a coach as well. So, I'm sorry. I want to interrupt you because this is... Mental health. This is where yeah. something that the fitness helps you with. And honestly, I think it should be the primary thing it needs to help you with. Your body results in your body should be secondary. Yeah. And I think that's hopefully we'll flip that around where the society looks at fitness as being a mental health thing first. And then the body results, they're going to come. It's going to take longer, but the mental health stuff, that's quicker. You can see results faster than you can with your body. So I don't know why I'm, I'm on the soapbox, but I think it needs to be said. Right? Well, I agree. Like we would always coach. If you look at a 12-month span when you join the gym and for anyone joining, you know, I always say like, I think it's silly to sell a month-by-month membership to anyone. I think you're setting them up for failure. So, you know, the average person, let's say someone's got 50 pounds to lose. Well, a healthy weight loss is a pound a week. So that's a 50-week goal that you can call that a year, right? 52 weeks in a year. 
Sure. And so if we sign, and that's if it go, if, if everything goes smoothly, if everything yes. goes like just as planned, right? <laughs> if they stick with it, <laughs> which always happens, yeah. right? <laughs> and so I think it's irresponsible to sell them a month by month. You're saying like just dip your toe in and see how it feels, but th- but that's not how success happens, right? And so our business partner, who you know, Eric, Eric Hare, yeah, I love how Eric always says in his like awesome Southern accent, like people don't buy from a gym; they buy from people they like. Right. And he's so right. Like, uh, you got to get someone to like you. And I think that that's what Anytime Fitness is, is focused on is teaching people how to be likable, teaching people how to right. care about people, teaching people to have that EQ, that emotional intelligence. That's what I've learned. That's what I try to try to do as a fitness club owner. Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoy what Kyle said about dedicating a mere 12 minutes each day to reading that can expand your knowledge and gain valuable insights. Well, I hope you found this episode as informative as I did and as valuable as it was. If you have any other questions or feedback about today's show, feel free to connect with us on Instagram with ReviewBiz and with me at Meetesco. What was your favorite takeaway from the episode? Because we want to know. Connect with me on Meet Esco and share a message. And we would love to hear your thoughts. I want to again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a rating and review so we can improve this show for you guys. We love feedback. It would also mean the world to us. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to get the same amazing content and even more. If you're interested about reviews, check it out. We'll love to give you some valuable information. As always, thank you so much for your encouragement. I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the Growth Zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.